0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you on Thursday, December 10th uh la galaxy it's funny there's there's still not a lot of la galaxy news, but there's a ton of mls news there's a ton of mls cup news there's a ton of stuff that all will affect the la galaxy and what is happening and so what we're going to do tonight is talk about a whole bunch of those things including some players that have recently come become available uh we'll give you a little update on sort of coaching and, and sort of where we see that as well but to help me do all that is
2: Portuguese hammer hammer how's it going buddy it's going all right. We're back for another week of hot off-season LA Galaxy Talk. So, yeah, always happy to do that.
1: <laughs> I was going to say hot stove, hot little hot stove, yeah. uh, LA Galaxy Talk. So silly, silly season. So it is. It's getting ridiculous. I mean, we've, we've, yeah. we've sort of entered it there. Uh, the big talk right now at MLS Cup is that uh, Columbus is coming down with still some more positive cases. They started... The playoffs missing people. Yeah. Um, and now it's gone to the fact where they're going to be missing, it looks like uh, Darlington Nagme um, and Pedro Santos, right? So, so two yeah. big, um, big things sort of going.
2: So, congratulations, Seattle. That's that's all I hear when you say that because those are two key pieces to Columbus's run. So, unless they postpone it, I don't see Columbus coming out of that. Seattle was probably kind of the hot hand going in, even though they that game against Minnesota was insane. Right, uh, but without those pieces, I don't see how Columbus can can pull it out unless Giassi's artist Golden Boot, four goals and two <laughs> four, assists.
1: Four, four goals, two assists. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's one of those where you look at the um, you sort of look at what how Columbus got there and maybe there's a chance, but at the same time, Seattle, I mean, this is Seattle's to lose and it has been for a while. And everybody who was touting the Eastern conference as some juggernaut, just uh, no, they didn't play. We keep trying to tell people they didn't play anybody. Um, And Seattle has always sort of seemed, you know, cream of the crop. And it, it could be the end of the run for Seattle too. I mean, yeah, realistically put this all into place. Brian Schmetzer's contract has not been renewed. Um, There have been hints that perhaps it will be, but there's also been some hints that, that it might not be Eric. So um, this could be the end of the run for Seattle, just like it was just the end of the run for Toronto. Um, And so, you know, putting these things together and, and sort of trying to combine them shows that perhaps the Western conference, perhaps the upper echelon of MLS clubs are shifting right now. And if you're the LA galaxy, that maybe gives you a little bit of hope, but it means you also have to get things right. Otherwise, you will continue to just, you know, hold up the uh, the basement of Major League Soccer, which is what has been happening over the last few years.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Two two points to, to what you're saying there. The first one being this kind of being the tail end of a Seattle run with, with these MLS. I'm not going to call them dynasties, but with like your your teams who have been successful in recent years, it's usually like a four or five year you know, window when you keep the core group together, who's firing on all cylinders. And you look at Seattle, who the last four or five years, you know, granted they haven't missed the playoffs, but they've been true contenders. And so you you think as these players win silverware and as they're successful, their stock is going to go up and you're not going to be able to afford and keep everyone around. And so, yeah, this could be the tail end of a Seattle run, especially with everything going on with the coach. So that, that does give you a little bit hope of hope as a Galaxy fan because you know all it takes is, you know, a few right signings and then you can build a core and have a successful four or five years. And, and so that's uh, that's the positive from it. So uh, the, the, the negative I guess is we don't have the, the players that Seattle's brought in. It doesn't seem like we'd have as many hits. So uh, we'll see if, if Schmetzer goes back to Seattle, uh, I, I can imagine them continue to be continuing to be successful. It's not like they have a bunch of old, old men on their team. They still have young players if they're willing to to stick around and play together. I could see them continuing to be a force.
1: Yeah, um, Seattle hasn't missed the playoffs since they joined Major League Soccer, so um, they still have that streak going. You have to imagine eventually that ends. I don't know if it ends in the next five years, though, especially not like as you say if, if they retain Schmetzer. So uh, that's going on. It's just going to be. Um, it's going to be an interesting MLS Cup. Um, just because of everything that sort of happened. And and for me, it's finally putting the 2020 season to bed. And I know MLS seems intent and, and in a hurry to put the MLS 2020 season to bed as well. There's not a lot of off season that's going to happen. They're still talking about we're going to get into. They're talking about starting, you know, early March, mid March, which seems totally unrealistic, but hey, that's what they're talking about. And with a congested schedule and we talked about this, I think last Thursday, Eric, or talked about it on Monday or whenever, there's a ton of things happening this season that are being made up, you know, the Olympics. Um I think let's see uh some different qualifiers, international qualifiers yeah, all over World Cup qualifying, right? I mean, all Europe. the stuff that that was delayed is now Euros. going to have to go through. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The Euros are pushed back, the World Cup qualifying, you know, for 2022. That that was pushed back. And and I think the reason why a lot of these players are probably I, I wouldn't say okay with it, but why what makes the only thing that makes it okay is uh, you know, when, when we were early pandemic from like that March to June uh season and then not less congested of a schedule, you know, up until like August, that was really an off season. Um, you know, they, they've got time to rest. You know, we saw the U.S. men's national team play yesterday and Paul Ariola got to play. And so he is someone who was injured at the beginning of the MLS season and now he's back uh, to fitness and it looks like he's back and ready to play. So it's almost like he's had that full offseason. So even though it will be a short offseason, uh, I know we're going to talk about, the goals of when they want to come back. And if mm-hmm. they want to come back a little bit early in 2021, uh, I think that'd be okay because they really did get a break. Uh, Chicharito's out there running in the Hills every day. Mm-hmm. I think he's ready to <laughs> get back and going as soon as possible. So, so yeah, I, I think it's okay, just because they had like a mini break in between, it's like, what is that year round school where they, you know, you, you get those little breaks in between instead of the long summer break. I think that's kind of uh, how how they can look at this.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. You mentioned the U.S. Men's National Team game. I think we would be remiss without mentioning Julian Araujo started and got his first cap for the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, that's huge. That's big. You yes. want him competing for a starting spot in, on the international side, and with the way that he played, in, and let's be honest, they, they won six nothing. Um, it it wasn't. Close. It was. It was never close. It was. It wasn't a game where where they really got tested. But he had an assist in the game. Sebastian Jet played starting that game. I think he had one goal. Uh, probably could have had a couple others. Um, so all of those things are good when the MLS players went out there. And if you're wanting to find some of the top MLS younger players uh, in Major League Soccer, you could have watched that game and gotten some some real ideas of maybe who you'd like uh, you know on the LA Galaxy if you could have any MLS player uh, uh, sitting there. So um, there was some interesting performance there. But Julian Rajo did everything that he was supposed to do in that game and people were talking about him and that's a good thing for the LA Galaxy up to a certain point where he's going to leave the LA Galaxy but that doesn't seem to it, it, where the plans might have been that that was going to happen this winter I think that shifted more towards the summer um, because people are sort of waiting to see if if Julian Araujo is just a okay defender playing on a really horrible defense which is sometimes true or or if he's a really good defender and he's, he's playing on an okay defense and and he really is shining. So him showing in an international match is something that you want to see. And again, should be a positive and overall positive for the LA galaxy, uh, giving some, some uh, confidence to Julian Araujo.
2: Yeah. And I think you saw with Sebastian Legette as well, after his injury, um, you know, where he was out for that extended period, Tim, when he got back into the fold with the men's national team, that's when you started to see him gain that confidence back. And he, you know, had one of his better seasons this season, you know, if you go to grading the galaxy on corner of the shameless plug there, uh, he was one of the better midfielders and he had his best season actually since joining the club. And I think part of that is due to him being in the national team mix and getting that extended exposure, uh, so, so I could see that being a benefit. And the same thing with Julian Araujo. If you're a Galaxy fan, obviously you know that name over the last couple seasons, but he's maybe not as a name that's well-known nationally. So this is excellent exposure if you're predicting, like you are, Josh, that he's not going to be long for the Galaxy. Uh, these two types of exposures on the national team level are going to be good for him. And with the, the Olympics coming up where, where they're going to need a youthful squad, uh, I think he's definitely going to be in the mix there. And you want him playing against top level competition that's, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. It's only going to make him better. Uh, say what you will about you know, El, El Salvador's competition yesterday, but you said it. They did what they were supposed to do. And with right. those young MLS players that were brought in, you know, legit looked comfortable out there. Arajo did not look out of place at all. Uh, you know, he did his job. He did what he was supposed to do. You know, you can only play the competition in front of you, uh, but getting as many reps as possible on a national team level is a good thing. So good for Julian for getting his first cap and getting his minutes and then uh, good for legit for getting his goal and continuing, uh, you know, we want to, we want to keep him informed. If he's going to come back and continue to be a part of this team, then you want him at a top level scoring goals, feeling confident. That's what you want with your midfield.
1: Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna go to sort of like a little bit of a a a notebook. You know, uh, Larry sometimes would would do notebooks. Uh, By the way, Larry's doing uh, Larry Morgan not on Twitter, doing just fine. Uh, Working on some of his airplane models. Uh, He's he's really he's he's quite into you know some World War II models that he's he's been diving into since he retired. And I have to I have to admit, and I'm sure he'll listen to this, is that uh, when he first started, they were they were rough. They were rough, and and he is getting to quite the, the, the <laughs> level of realism, the, the weathering, nice. um, you know, just, I think he was drilling out, uh, you know, tank treads, uh, each, each tank tread had to be <laughs> drilled out individually. And he said, I had to do like, you know, 120 of those. And I'm like, yeah, nice. but it looks so good. You're, you're doing something. So Larry's doing just fine. I want everybody to, to know that.
2: I was saying it's grandpa Larry now, you know, now that yeah, he's, that's true. he's yes. got the, the grandchild in the fold. So. You know, big shout out to Larry. It's, it sounds like he was, uh, these stay at home built orders may bug a lot of people. Doesn't seem like it bugs Larry. I
1: think Larry, Larry didn't even know. He hasn't <laughs> even been advised yet. So, uh, so
2: good for him. Yeah. He's, um, Larry, I know he listens. Yeah, he's got to yeah. s- send me some pictures of these models that I, that I hear so much about. You,
1: I don't know that you want to be on that text Uh-oh. message train. I'm just, i just saying, I, just, I get a lot of them. That's all I'm saying. And just, you know, it's good. No, Larry, you're, you're great. Um, but Larry does a, no, a, a notebook, uh, where he just sort of throws out some things and they're sometimes in no particular order, but they're like, little mini stories. That's kind of what we're going to do for the rest of this is we're going to jump all over the place and just sort of hit things that I captured over the last couple days that may or may not have anything to do with the LA Galaxy and, and where we're going. So um, let's start with a little MLS news. And Don Garber, uh, as is usually customary, Eric will go out and do his State of the League address uh, before MLS Cup. And so he did that again. I just picked some some highlights from that that I thought were, were interesting. Um, and we, we'll. I'll read you some quotes and sort of do that. I, I pulled these from the Athletic article um, that was about it, but I also listened to a good portion of that. It's long, um, and there's a lot of lot of different things in there. But uh, there's some interesting tidbits that you that you need to pull out of this. Um, it, one of the things he says is, uh, you know, teams are going into debt because of what is happening, and and the and Major League Soccer as most. Heads and organizations, and certainly with the franchises that are there, uh, mandates a certain debt level. You're not allowed to go, you know, below a certain debt level in order to to do this stuff. And so they're saying that you know some of these teams have caught up and and sort of bumped up against that debt level. And while they're not planning on changing that, uh, they're looking for some minority equity people. Um, you know, to, to sort of bring stuff in. So basically, you're, you're talking about people who have money, right? And they're looking for those partners. And with those partners, what they want to do is they want to bring them in as minority stakeholders of certain teams, of certain things that provide a cash infusion into the team, which allows them to keep operating, but gives them some minority ownership rights. Now, um, I haven't heard anything with AEG. That's not something that we have seen, um, but it is something that you need to watch for around the league and sort of tells you how healthy the league is or how unhealthy the league is. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting that they're looking through all these and they haven't said that they necessarily found any, but they have said that they are entertaining that, that thought. So maybe that was a sales pitch in itself. Yeah. Hey, who has some money and wants to throw it in here, you know?
2: I was going to say, if, you, if you've <laughs> been following any of uh, Austin FC's thing, it's like Matthew McConaughey is now, uh, you know, the face, face of MLS. So if they can get someone else like that involved in minority ownership, uh, I, that totally makes sense because I think every pro sports team has been hit this this year with losing the, uh, you know, at the gate and stadium uh, parents and concessions and everything that comes along with that. Uh, every team took a big hit. And when you think about major league soccer, not necessarily being at the level of an NFL or an NBA uh, or MLB, for that matter, it's it's you can you can you know that these teams aren't necessarily flush with cash. So it's gonna make this upcoming season interesting as far as you know, paying players salaries and, and how they're able to plan and budget and figure everything out because I know there were a lot of cuts, a lot of changes that happened this season. So uh, how much of that comes back or if you're gonna be seeing people running skeleton crews uh, to make things work next season? So yeah, I am interested to see. If any teams, you know, let's be real with the amount of expansion that's happened as well, you know, is is there any team that's maybe going to be in danger of either relocating or folding? You know, that's, I think that it's not fair to ask that, or it's not unfair to ask that question. Uh, You know, look at Columbus, what happened just a few years ago, uh, you know, looking for a new market, uh, you know, to tie it back to Austin FC. Uh, Seeing something like that wouldn't be out of the question for some of those, um, you know, non-major market cities.
1: Yeah, he, he, it's uh, it, it's a. I, I think if you're looking at, you know, like uh, like Miami and Nashville. It's tough to be an expansion team and come in this year. Uh, I think Austin is probably pretty stoked that they're coming in next year and not not right and weren't there for this year. Uh, but we don't really know what is in store for 2021. And I think Don Garber talks about it as well. Uh, they asked him about media negotiations and and how maybe the pandemic will affect that. Uh, Garber says I don't think it will have any effect on our media negotiations at all. Those agreements expire at the end of 2022, so we have time to build. To, we have time to be able to rebuild all the excitement and momentum on that front. I will point out we had our highest network non-MLS cup playoff game on Thursday night when Kansas City played Minnesota live primetime Thursday night on Fox. Our playoff ratings have been strong. Our ratings overall have held up at a time when other sports ratings for the most part have decreased. So I feel pretty good about the growing fan base that we have and their connection to our broadcast partners, both nationally and locally. I think that's important to point out that you know, we've seen the NBA numbers and we've seen sort of the baseball numbers and overall viewership for sports, despite it being a pandemic and you, you know, a lot of people stuck at home, the the thirst for that sort of fizzled out rather quickly and and you haven't seen the same numbers that have sort of uh peaked up. And I guess if you're MLS and you have meager numbers to begin with and your meager numbers stayed, um, then you're 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 pretty happy on that. Uh I but but I also want to point out Them getting on over-the-air games is really showing that there is a larger audience for this stuff than just the cable games. And I think that's important when we all talk about streaming being the next answer. Remember, over-the-air still holds a lot of sweat. Yeah.
2: And I think th- that they benefited absolutely from the NFL having that game canceled and that slot opening up. So I know they caught a lot of flack with pushing games back and how that would affect uh, the semifinal and, and or the final and all those things. Uh, but but I think anytime you can have an opportunity to be on when, you know one of the big networks, that's always a plus. So uh, I think when they negotiate, that's something that they want to look at. Uh, whenever Don Garber is telling you the numbers, you always want to pause a little bit and say, okay, yeah, he's telling us what we want to hear. Uh, Sometimes when you look at these numbers, they don't compare to other things. I I just think of like the Liga MX, um, you know, playoffs that are going on right now. Um, in striking deals with like Unimas and and TUDN, the, that there's that gets a lot of viewership. So maintaining not just your major networks, but also your Spanish language network, and trying to expand because I know Liga MX, you know, blows MLS out of the water when it comes to yeah. to viewership. So if you can strike whatever deals you can to to keep that audience as well, in addition to whatever negotiations you have with over the air, that's just as important as the big networks is is keeping that that other base as well cuz that's a, a huge market that i think MLS just hasn't hasn't roped in yet.
1: Yeah, a side note and and a little little stray away from exactly what we're talking right here. I did see the reports that there are let me we'll call them reports in quotation marks for right now, reports um, that Liga MX and Major League Soccer have cleared some sort of hurdle with FIFA in terms of combining the two leagues. This is not about this is is not about discussion. (laughs) This is an old discussion. This is not about having like a league's cup. This is actually about combining that. If you go into our discord, by the way, there was some really good discussion about this, which was saying, how do you sit there and have 48 teams? And by the way, that means MLS like stop expanding, right? How do you have 48 teams in a league? And how does that work? And how does that make sense in between two countries? And FIFA has generally been against that. There's a whole bunch of things that have not been worked out. And I don't know that they ever will be, and it's just not something that I'm prepared to sit here and argue and talk about right now. But I did see the reports. I don't want people to be like, you didn't talk about this. I, I want to. There's just nothing concrete there yet. Um, and I have more questions than really I've seen any answers for for any of that stuff. So. We, we can talk about that whenever it actually is something. Um, as, as, my, as my good friend Chris Tucker said, uh, good, go ahead and do that. Soccer already takes up enough of my life. I won't have to watch anymore, which I thought was good. I liked, I liked the, yeah. uh, the honesty with that. Yeah, I have, I have very little appetite for that. Um, and yeah. by the way, they, Aaron was correct. It's three countries whenever you consider that Canada, Canada would yeah. be involved. Although how go. much when there's a Canadian Premier League and that's, whether or not that's a FIFA issue as well uh, coming up here soon.
2: I was going to say it's the second week in a row that you've dissed our our neighbors to the north, you know, Canada not showing them the respect there. we have had this discussion also about MLS expansion just with the number of teams and the geography of the country of where they're going that, you know, you almost have your conferences become their own little mini leagues. And then you're, you play the, you know, champions cup where the the winners of each conference that's becomes the big one, but that's no fun. (laughs) And if you, if you loop in uh, the teams from Mexico and the, you know, and Canadian premier league or whatever, you're basically going to be running, you know, four different leagues and then you do like a playoff and then what, what does that earn you? So uh, yeah, I'm not, it's, it, it takes some of the fun out of it. It's just geographically. I, I can see, uh, where it's an issue, you know, tra- with travel and everything that goes on, we've seen we've seen how the issues that have come up. You know, LA to Montreal is not a that's not a fun road trip uh, if you have to do it semi regularly. So uh, it's just a matter of making it work. But again, it's off season. We can discuss this all day. Let's go, let's go another hour.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. There was a whole bunch of whether like MLS would be gaining and it's short-term game in, in my opinion, because you gain the television audience that you're getting yeah. from Mexico, but eventually you're hoping that MLS surpasses that anyway on its own. So there's a whole bunch of questions. Anyway, speaking of uh, uh, America's hat, uh, Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver all spent a uh, significant time away from their home markets. This was uh, Don Garber um, talking about this. Um, and there still remains... Uh, concern about what they're, what's going to happen in 2021 and whether or not they're going to be able to play in Canada. Right now, you're not allowed to go between the two countries uh, very easily. So uh, there would be, have to be all sorts of waivers and stuff like that. Um, it gets into some some ethics stuff too, which is can, you know, well, can they just get vaccinated? So that way you don't have to work, you know, that relatively speaking, you're, you're hoping that there's less concern for them. Can, you know, uh, taking at the, the virus from, from the borders yeah. and all this different stuff, um, which again, super ethics question that's going on. There's so many ethics questions going yeah. on right now. It's like, Oh, we be alive. I was going to say, all of a sudden, everybody finally got into like the medical testing world and yeah. you understand the ethical questions they deal with on a regular basis. Uh, great stuff. Uh, some super things. Th- there's things that will keep you up at night, Quantos. Like, Eric, the people who got the placebo shot, should they be able to get a, a a a vaccine shot now? Now that now that they've approved it? Because technically that ruins your double blind testing. So should they be able to? Right? <laughs> because you want them long term, you want to see what happens with the placebo groups. So that way you can long term compare the um the, there's oh man, it's a yeah. I saw double blind
2: I, I don't want yeah, I answer. don't want to have this conversation. Exactly. I will say uh, with the NBA, the Toronto Raptors are setting up camp. Uh, in Florida, and that's kind of how they're setting. They're doing their training camp there, and then that's going to be their home base for the season. So I would imagine similar to how the Canadian teams with Vancouver and Portland kind of had a similar situation that they may need to set up camp. You know, find find a, a a local a local place like Toronto did as well. I think they were in in Hartford or somewhere. In, uh in that area in connecticut so that might be the way to go for those teams i'm sure none of those players are thrilled about that uh, if they have family situations that it's going to put them in uh, MIA for quite some time
1: yeah it's it's not a fun one to do uh garber confirmed that nashville sc which was uh supposed to be in the western conference this year but got moved to the eastern conference because of the tournament that they were putting together uh will remain in the eastern conference to start 2021 as austin fc will join the western conference this means that you'll have 14 teams in the east and 13 teams in the west so you're going to have that odd number there but not like it matters it's not like everybody plays each other so <laughs> who cares right yeah, yeah. um
2: sacramento when they come in i think the year after or two yeah years there'll after, be a west then and that'll then- that'll balance it out
1: uh, and that for like a year and then they're going to add another one and then, you know, it'll be and all then, sideways again. Um, it's going to be
2: Houston. Houston's going to join the East again. It's going to be one of those things where they keep going back and forth.
1: Houston, Sporting Chicago. Kansas City, right? In yeah. Chicago, <laughs> those are the ones that are always flipping. That's yeah. what you get for living in the middle of the country, yeah. right? You can be Eastern or Western Conference. It's really, it doesn't matter. Um There could be a Central Conference by then. What you If you have 30 like teams, you yeah. have a West, a Central, and in the East, right? You have 10 teams in each. That's There's also- 20 games. There's 20 games right there I just put together. Then 14 games against non-conference and you got yourself a season. Um, Technically,
2: 18 games. 18. Can't can't play yourself
1: you can it just oh. the galaxy would probably lose that game too. <laughs> Um, other notable they were talking about free agency um, names and one of them popped up Perry Kitchen uh, was one of these that popped up in this athletic article um, and he, he seems like he's gonna be a free agent so that's it uh, Bradley Wright Phillips who is uh, who's not staying with LAFC Kevin Molino Dom Dwyer Justin Morrow Chris Wondolowski as well that's I
2: mean you
1: <laughs>
2: Galaxy go out and get Wanda. Oh my God. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. Kinnear. We keep with Bingham and Wando, And then we just watch the whole, we watch the stadium burn to the ground. Just
1: <laughs> is, is, is that the, uh, is, is that the fear, right? Is that a reason not to pick Dominic Kinnear is that he yeah. goes and he gets Chris Wondolowski and brings him down. It's like, how do you not? I, I mean,
2: no, the answer is no. You
1: can't do it. No, you can't do I it? can't
2: do it. I can't do it.
1: <laughs> Everybody says that, but could be, you do it? Be,
2: uh, no. I wouldn't.
1: Alan Gordon switched sides a couple times.
2: Alan Gordon's different. Okay. he started here. Okay. And he circled back. And I'm wasn't, just... Wando's there the whole time. He's just so unlikable. And I know he has a, a great story and he's one of those like work hard, you know, follow your dreams type of guys. But just, just from Everybody a Galaxy perspective, you know, I, I just, I can't do it. Everybody loves him. Yeah, I'm everyone glad. who who and that's the thing. Everyone who who's around him respects him, and, and he's beloved. And I get it, but there's just too much hatred there from from this LA Galaxy fan. But All right. you know, I if understand. I see you out in the street, Chris Wando, maybe we'll I'll wave and I'll tip the cap, but but I don't want you on my team.
1: Okay. All right, that's fine. Just, just saying. Um, So uh, that
2: being said, yes, <laughs> yeah, he would be yeah. an upgrade given our current striker situation. I mean, a backup. you yeah. know? Uh,
1: so yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's whole thing. And, and by the way, they're, they're pointing out in the chat room that uh, there's, there's some rumblings that he may just sign, resign with, with San Jose. Yeah. Which, by that's the way, he opener. should. He that's should resign. Yeah, with San that's Jose. an easy,
2: easy decision for him.
1: Yeah. Perry Kitchen is an interesting one. Um, I don't think any decision is going to be made on him until there's a new coach. There's a, so there's been some rumblings that perhaps Joe Corona and Emiliano and Sua are going to be the guys who get re-signed sort of even if there's no coach um, and that they're going to be the ones that sort of get back and everybody else is sort of waiting on that new coach to sort of see what happens. We'll see if that pans out. I have a feeling now it's going to wait. Um, just just as before we get into Garber telling everybody that he lost a billion dollars because of his right. favorite number. That's um, great great yeah, line. Great line. It's, it's fun to say too. One billion dollars. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, uh, there is, um, wait, what was I talking about again?
2: John Garber, we, we, million dollars. Joe, no, Corona, yeah, b- Joe Corona. Joe Corona. There we go. okay, so no, no,
1: I got it. I got it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> there is the last time the LA galaxy made, um, a coaching decision. They did it on January 2nd. All right. So that was whenever they hired Gamer Baro It was January 2nd. Okay. So I expect a similar timeline here. It seems like it's going that way. It seems like the LA Galaxy are interviewing people. I'll tell you one of the persons, people they may have interviewed, and we can we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, but Don Garber here saying, uh, much much like most other leagues all over the world, MLS. Took a financial hit in 2020. Uh, Garber said that, and then quoting for the, from the Athletic, Garber said that the overall revenue for the league and its clubs was down almost one billion from what it was in 2019. The league also incurred additional expenses, including the cost of running the MLS's back tournament in a bubble environment in Orlando over the summer and the charter flights, not already baked into the CBA that were taken uh, to comply with uh, COVID-19 safety protocols. So we, you know, the charter flights, the tournament. No fans, you're not getting any gate receipts or relatively little gate receipts, right? So all those things. And he's saying that they lost a billion dollars. Now, here's my thing with Don Garber is that he loves to use that number. And and I was talking to the Panda earlier, and he's like, he's been saying $1 billion since June. Um, so either they were really good at guessing um, or or you know, it, it just continues. I imagine the league took a serious financial hit. I'm not saying that they didn't. It's just that all of this is a negotiation anytime it gets put out into the thing. And we're going to talk to you about the MLS union conference call that got, got uh, went out as well. And that they're already negotiating in public. You can hear them and and how they're sort of counting, but it's a billion, a billion dollars, if, what, if you will.
2: What I will say as someone who's, you know, taught math and one of the most important things that you do show your work. If you're going to say a billion dollars, show us how, show us the receipts, show us how that adds up. Cause I, even with as much money as they lost, I don't, I don't see that adding up to a billion. So, so I agree that it seems like, uh, you know, with Garber saying, you know, uh, viewership numbers are through the roof. We lost a billion. I think this is a lot of. Uh, it was state media where they're, they're He's, he's pushing his, uh, his agenda and, and right. saying those things. So I, I'd look at it very cautiously when he throws some of those numbers out there.
1: Here's something that I absolutely agree with him on. Uh, he says, nobody has the magic date right now, and it will vary state by state and province by province talking about them coming back to, you know, fans coming back into the stadium. He says, so we need to make a schedule for all reasons that you would expect. We can't wait for an understanding of the impact on the vaccine. We're also not going to know what reaction fans have to return. To stadiums, so just the idea that the vaccine is available does not give us an indication as to when fans will be returning to stadiums. He's okay. There's two things that are happening here. One is he's right. We don't know the reaction, and what that's going to mean whenever you, whenever hopefully all of our listeners get uh, the vaccine, um, and you're now you get your second shot. If you're getting the one that requires two shots, who knows what it'll be. Whenever we, we, we take it.
2: They're gonna yes. at you, Josh. They're gonna. Yeah, at I, you. that's fine. They don't, I don't they care. Don't want it, they don't want that in their body, Josh.
1: Yeah, I know. I know the the same. What was the, what was the one from uh, from uh, the Cooligans that they, they yeah. were doing there? They're like they, you know they'll see eat people, a Big Mac and McDonald's, but they don't people, want that vaccine in, the, in see their people body. People
2: ordering two for two McRibs and then saying I don't want that vaccine on my yeah, body. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a well taken point. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but you know, whenever that happens, is whether or not you're going to feel comfortable going and being in a large crowd. I'll tell you right now that watching stuff on TV where it was shot before or stuff like that, and I see large crowds, and I go, "Whoa, easy there." There's a lot of people there. Um, but I'll also tell you that uh, once I'm vaccinated, uh, which I will do, uh, do I have to do? Do I get the same thing as like the presidents? The, the do I have to do it live on the show? Like do I get no. to like somebody has to do? Is that my? Do <laughs> no, I need to you, show think show my work?
2: You you just get the card that you say. Okay. I okay, get it, but I, I know show- a guy in downtown L.A. who's going to make cards for, for us to get us in. So
1: Oh, OK. So you. hit me up. No, I actually want the vaccine, though. I want to do that. That's yes. a good point. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so so, you know, it's, it's that reaction is how comfortable are you going to feel going back to the stadium? How's the state of California going to react? I mean, to that, it's like, hey, do you have to show your vaccine card in order to get in? I mean, people are worried about that. Um, I'm more like, I've always been one of those people who's like, I get the vaccines because that's, I, I want to do that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not too worried about it, how it goes. Um, also, I'm an essential worker and I'm out there right now. So I'd rather yeah. have the vaccine if I'm going to be out there and, and, and doing I, stuff. So,
2: but I think you're also seeing it right now people who want to go to games at the markets that they allow fans, they're already there, they're going, you know what I mean? And so I think what's untested waters are those who have been cautious, kind of, you know, not not been out there. And, uh, you know, maybe they're gonna be the ones who aren't quick to come back. I know there are people who had season tickets and, you know, when those renewals came up, they said, I don't know that I'm rushing to get back into the stadium and maybe they paused. You know, there are also people who season tickets because of team performance. They decided to kind of not renew. But I think th- there is, there is going to be a group and it's untested that when this all shakes out, you're really going to need to have, a. am not saying this to be funny. You're going right. to need to have a killer product uh, out there to get people to come out because you're not going to get people coming out casually like they used to as, as they did before.
1: Uh, Aaron, I think might have the joke of the podcast, um, which pains me. So much to say. Uh, so, irregardless, Aaron, of of that, and I say that specifically for Aaron, and he knows that. Um, uh, he said he says uh, maybe they can get Galaxy players to give fans the vaccine. He goes, but can you imagine rolling up your sleeve and Chicharito misses your arm with the needle? Thank you very much. But them there. It goes. That was good. <laughs> I like stands. that. That is joke. that. That is a good joke. That's it's a on good, the nose. Bad joke.
2: That's yeah, a, it's, it's I, I on the enjoyed nose, it. Yep. Yeah.
1: I chuckled. It was it was perfect. So Aaron's taking his bow in chat room, good for him. Um so anyway, it's important to sort of say that. And the other part about this is that they're going to push for an earlier time. One, because we talked about schedule congestion and everything that's going on. But two, they're using this as a negotiating tactic. And how do I know that? Because it was directly countered in the MLS union conference call. So let's go to that a little bit. And I used a, I, I did not get to hear this call. Um, so I'm, I'm using an article, but it's a, from a good friend of mine. So I know he, he knows what's going on. Jeff Carlyle at ESPN. Um, and so he was on the call and he wrote his story for ESPN. So let me give you some of the Highlights of what happened on this call because it's interesting as he double hockey sticks as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this was I found Garber's information to be very advertisee or very, you know, Hey, look at us. We're doing just fine. We survived a pandemic. Uh, and we did, we were the only league that went from a bubble to regular season at home stadiums and we did it so well and blah, 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 blah. And so Bob Foos with MLS, uh, executive MLS players association, executive director came out one of the first things he said was, hey, so um, almost 20% of MLS players got COVID-19, FYI. <laughs> um, yeah. I was
2: so- going to say, that wasn't without Hiccup transferring from the bubble to outside the bubble. You know, And also, don't forget that there were two teams who didn't make it into the bubble because of cases. So, uh, yeah, I, I, he was absolutely right to, to hit him right over the head with that as a rebuttal.
1: Yeah, it's... a. Uh, um, I think you have to tip your hat a little bit to MLS. They did do it. Um, we know of no, at least I haven't seen of any any of the players had any significant health problems. Um, so they seem to weather it pretty well. Um, having said that, twenty percent of your workforce, just by the nature of them going to work, got it and then exposed their families to it um, and their children and anybody else. You know, just because they were going to work. That's tough. To imagine that that was the case at your work, and I'm sure some of the people who listen to us, say it is. You know, they are yeah. essential workers. They're working at retail stores. They're doing that. Um, you know, I saw something. It was a commuter rail service, I think, in Connecticut that had to reduce train schedules because so many of their employees had COVID nineteen. They didn't have enough staff to keep the trains, all of the trains, running. That's a real thing that's happening out there right now. And certainly with the cases that you see around the United States, that's going to be continuing through this winter. But MLS took this, these guys for playing a sport and going out and playing a game. um, 20% of them got, got COVID-19. That's a, that's a tough toll. And if you're starting in March, when things are hopefully going to get better, but they're saying don't expect to see anything until the end of March or, or beginning of April in terms of the vaccine's effectiveness throughout the community and the spread, especially with how bad our spread is here in the United States. Um, trying to say that, you know, you successfully did anything is a little bit of a stretch without understanding the toll it still took and is taking on your, you know, championship game.
2: Yeah. And so that that that's a whole nother conversation is is you know, what are going to be the lasting effects. And so if 20% of your workforce does get it, then, you know, where do you go from there? Is this, are you going to treat it? You see it like uh, it's happening in in Europe. It's basically treated like an injury now. So, you know, your players scratched COVID-19 It's not necessarily the whole team now needs to sit. It's more individual case-by-case treating it a little bit differently. So it, it is, it is interesting to see how it's going to move forward and be effective in 2021.
1: Um, TDM in the chat room says, wasn't there a player at RSL throwing parties? Yeah, Sam Johnson, which is the only reason I know that dude's name is because he got <laughs> in all sorts of trouble. And one of those parties, TD. somebody fired a gun and that was during COVID good times. He's no longer with the team. Um, no surprise there. Uh, here's another thing from the uh, MLS union uh, players union conference call. Uh, Foose said that players surrendered almost $150 million in potential earnings with the renegotiated CBA. This is the one that they agreed to in June, not the February one. Remember they had to renegotiate everything before they went into the bubble. Uh, players took a seven and a half percent pay cut over the remainder of the season and took a 70% reduction in bonuses. All right. So Chicharito still got a bunch of money, but at the same time he got less money and he probably didn't get any of the Well, He shouldn't have gotten I was, any of the bonuses. I, was so, say, so, yeah.
2: I, I don't see a world in where he, he met the qualifications for any bonuses and that's if the bonuses were active
1: shirt, shirt sales, shirt sales. Well, sure that know, yeah, yeah, that it was, was. I'm sure it was. That's fair. That was. Yeah, so. You know um, what? Yeah, but still. Yeah, but still, um, the revenue sharing that they had also put into effect was delayed by a year. By the way, not this year because that revenue sharing wasn't supposed to take place. I think until like three or four years down the road, but it got bumped and pushed to the next year whenever that was going to happen as well. Um, the new CBA that they negotiated also has the force majeure clause, which is a fun legal term that we like to say whenever you know things happen. At, why? Let's see. It, it has. To, it's not just things happening outside of your control. It's I- like big act of things. God. Yeah, act yeah. Of, acts of God uh, yeah. that happen outside of your control in a pandemic is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the force majeure clause allows either side to terminate the, the collective bargaining agreement in the case of those catastrophic conditions. Um, here's the thing. There's a force majeure clause in the CBA right now, and it was put in there as part of this. There's a good chance that the Uh, That Major League Soccer and there have been rumblings about this, but that Major League Soccer is signaling that they're going to invoke the force majeure clause again, which means you go through and renegotiate labor and CBA again. Eric and, and Foose is very clear on this. And he says doing that for the third time in the last three years years. is going to be a mistake because this we've given a lot and you keep coming back to us. It's an MLS's argument is if we have another year, like we had last year, we may not survive. I don't, I don't think that's, I I don't want to say that's a hundred percent hyperbole, but it certainly, it doesn't put the league in a good spot. If for some reason, you know, this doesn't work for us uh, this next year.
2: Yeah, and that's why I mentioned that towards the beginning of the show is it's it's fair to ask those questions if if things continue as they continued you know are you going to start seeing uh teams fold and can the league survive on its own so I think that's fair. Uh when you look to force majeure clause and where it's been invoked in other leagues in in sports that was a big thing with the MLB when they were, you know, trying to negotiate that season, it's almost like that's the shoot that they, that they, they can pull legally to kind of give, get a little bit of leverage over the players. And it seems like the, the leagues that choose to invoke that clause are the ones that it damages the relationship that the league has with the players. So. uh Pandemic aside, like you said, there have been. This has been a tough negotiation with the MLSPA and MLS for the last three years in a row. And then you throw a pandemic on top of it, and it just. This is a. It's a fractured relationship, and it's. It's going to be interesting because, if if the players strike, or or if you see something like that, uh, you know, then then do they have the leverage, or or does the MLS look through other avenues? It's just, It's going to be interesting to see how it works. I'll, I think I'll tell I said you whenever five times. Yeah, interesting.
1: uh, That that is it is, (laughs) and it is going to be interesting. Um, It it was uh, somewhat of a a, an issue I addressed earlier this year. I was talking to some players whenever they were going through that June negotiation and trying to figure out whether they're going to be in the bubble. And there was some concern that MLS would not be able to survive a strike. And you know, it's one of those things. Is I sit there and and. I was talking to uh, to somebody before this and they're like, you can't do that to the players again. I mean, the players have already bled all this money and blah, blah, blah. I go, well, I go, if the league is really in trouble, then yes, you have to go and do that again. Because those players might not have jobs if there's, you know, yeah. you talked about teams folding earlier. I mean, that's the concern coming into 2021.
2: Yeah, it's a chicken or the egg argument, too, because you say, well, they should pay the players. Uh, you know, they shouldn't treat them unfairly and cut their wages three years in a row. But at the same time, if there's not revenue coming in, who's what What money are you going to pay the players with? So it's just that uh, the chicken or the egg situation that you run into.
1: Uh, the other thing is that we told you that MLS is pushing hard to start in the beginning of March and the, and the end of March and, and the players union basically says no. Why how Uh, they said with the short off season uh, and the extended and condensed season that you sort of had in Major League Soccer because of the pandemic. There's like these guys need time to heal. They need time to rest and you need time to sort of sit there and say, You know, let's try to get a handle on this pandemic a little bit. If you want to continue to send players around and 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 endanger sort of their lives, and so you know, give a chance for this vaccine to work as well. So there's a whole bunch of things at play here. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't another CBA negotiation. It just feels like the the league is certainly um um, leaning that way. But you can tell they're already negotiating because a lot of the foos arguments that came out of the players' union, rightly so, are direct contradictions or at least direct arguments to what. Don Garber said in his state of the league. So yeah. uh, they're already, they're, they have already started negotiating here. Yeah.
2: That, that's not a coincidence either, that, the, that those were the comments. I, and just the, you know, one of the last things that I'll mention to play devil's advocate for the league a little bit. Uh, you know, I just got off the phone with a friend who's, who's planning a wedding and, and trying to figure that out for next year. And, he, you know, they're trying to plan it as if everything is going to be normal, because that's what you have to do. You have to be optimistic and say, if things work out then we need these plans need to be made 6 months in advance 7 months in advance so everything works when the time comes so mls needs these these negotiations in play now and to have this plan in place and if you know things don't shake out then you can you know throw it out the window and say it didn't work out but if if you start planning later then there's time lost and then you're starting a season late and then you're really losing revenue if you're behind the eight ball and you're late to negotiating so to play devil's advocate it's fair that they're they're trying to make these plans now as if everything is going to be normal and, and worked out next year
1: yeah it's uh it's a tough one that wedding you know you, of your friend that's you trying to marry cosmo right i was just
2: <laughs> to, i'm can, actually i'm going to be officiating the wedding so that's oh. why i need i need it to be in the loop Wow. Yeah, Universal wow. Life Church pastor you're speaking S- with here.
1: Somebody really screwed up if they wanted you there, but hey, you know, it's I guess it's their wedding. It's, yeah. You, mm, all right. Hey, you know, it all works. Um, let's talk a little bit. There was a report uh coming out about the LA Galaxy coaching search. Um, that uh Cheppo de la Torre was actually uh interviewed for the manager position. I would and and people were freaking out about this. I, I know I know Cheppo doesn't exactly have the best record in Mexico that people are really excited about. Um, I understand that. I'm not trying to say yes or no that this happened. It just, to me, it would make sense. He checks a lot of the boxes of why they would interview him. I'm not saying he's going to be a uh, front runner for the job. I don't believe he would be, but they're going to interview some people here who you're like, really? Why would they interview you know that person? And you're you're trying to fill out your interview spots, right? You're trying to make sure that you've cast the net wide enough that you're making the smart decisions. That way, the people that you want—Dominic Kinnear, Greg Vanny—you know, Juan Carlos Osorio, uh, Brian Schmetzer—perhaps he comes down. Um, Ezra Hendrickson, whenever. I, I mean, these names seem like it's likely that there's going to be some interviews. Um, that whenever that all comes down, is you're able to say, "I did make the the correct." Um, yeah choice and and yeah. you have to do that by interviewing some people who you're like this person does not make sense so so you know sometimes you have to do that
2: yeah and just you know not to give too much of a peek behind the curtain but sometimes uh, you know during a hiring process you bring maybe, maybe some unfortunately, to use a poor term here, some sheeps to the slaughter who you know. And it's just to solidify maybe your more serious candidates saying, okay, I am making the right decision. And if you've been a fan of the galaxy for, for a few seasons here, uh, you'd know that sometimes when there's a worldwide search and you land on Kurt Analfo with absolutely no offense to Kurt Analfo, you you have to question, was there really a worldwide search? And so you do want to hear that these names are being brought in. And just like when uh, Guillermo barr when he was the manager and if there was a player from Argentina or from Boca Juniors, that name came up, uh, always connected to the LA Galaxy with the closest connections with the Mexican Federation. If they were a coach at Chivas de Guadalajara or with the Mexican national team, it's it's not crazy that those names are going to pop up in the candidacy for the upcoming vacancy with the Galaxy. So uh, you just want to make sure, check it out, feel it out, take it for a test ride, make sure it's not the one you want. It's important to do that just as much as seeing the ones that you do like.
1: And, and sometimes you get surprised, by the way. Yeah. Let's not let's not, also let's not forget that part. It's like you, you sit there and say, well, I'm going to bring this person in. I don't think they're going to work. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. this this Yeah. And then that's how you get some of these surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be... Surprised if the LA Galaxy don't top the seven, eight, nine, ten interviews for for head coach. I would think that ten is probably right around that that magic number where you're you're sort of like okay, they've probably talked to a whole bunch of people um that they want, and now they're going to hire Greg Vanny. Um, you know, it, it's it, it, it's those things. Now, it was funny. I was talking to some people and talking about Greg Vanny and somebody who had never played for him uh, said, Ooh, I heard, I heard he's not fun to be around, like in terms of he's a, he's an intense guy. And, and, and stuff. and it was funny cause I was having this conversation with this person and we we're going back and forth and we we're talking about Caleb Porter as well. And there, the, the sentiment was the same. And I'm like, yeah. And yet those guys keep ending up at the top of things. Yeah. And then like, it's, it, he, and, and this person was like, point well taken point. Well taken understood. Yes. Yes. That makes some sense. And so, um, so there was, there was some, there, there's some, there's always issues with with guys. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think that Dominic Kinnear gets liked too much, that players like him too much, and maybe that's a problem. But you look at well, Dominic Kinnear, and he has the results to back that up, Eric. So it's yeah. hard to say that.
2: It's it's that question: a player's manager, or, or uh, uh, you know, or more of a hard-nosed type person. It's always that fine line. I think, uh, in true Hammer fashion, speaking out of both sides of your mouth, the best managers are the ones who know how to do both, uh, because you know you don't want that coach who's your buddy. Uh, who, you know or doesn't hold you accountable, but you also don't want that person who, who's sending you home crying every night. So it's that person who maybe they're rough on you uh, out on the training field, and they'll pull you aside and 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 give you the the real advice. I think Bruce, that's something he he knew each player and he knew how to address each player and what worked for them. That's why he's been successful. the 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 best know know how to do that balance
1: it it is it is. I mean, sometimes, the really good managers can look at you and say, I'm disappointed in you. And that should that's make enough fracking. That, that's enough. Right. And sometimes they'll sit there and scream. You're, you know, um, I've talked about it a million times, but Bruce Reno used to scream at Omar Gonzalez. Like you wouldn't believe. Um, And the words that came out of that man's mouth were just, they, they weren't PG 13. They weren't, they were probably more than R, um whenever he would do that. So he knew that that's what Omar needed. Uh, yeah. He didn't do the same thing to, you know, somebody like Mike McGee, because you know, Mike McGee, he'd be like, Hey Mike, uh, why, why don't you just try to play like Mike McGee? Just, just be Mike McGee out there. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And that was it. That was all you, uh, yeah. Mike needed, you know, and it was understanding what those different things were and how that went. Um, I think it's Again, I don't know what the answer is for, for some of this. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was talking, I was talking with somebody again about uh, Robbie Keane, just be like, you know, that's not a, that's not a realistic choice at this point, And it doesn't seem like it's going to be. And they were like, wow, Robbie Keane being a manager, like, how bad would you get yelled at on a regular basis it's like zlatan but with like you know less height basically (laughs) uh with, with robbie Keane, right Um, and so, so, you know, that's something you have to take into account as well Is that, you know, Robbie wasn't exactly the best teammate, just like Zlatan wasn't exactly the best team, but just like Landon wasn't always the best teammate either. Um, so all those guys and what they did, um, you know, all matter in in the giant scheme of things. It's the balance, Eric, you got it. It's the balance. You you, you need it both. And Dominic Kinnear seems to be able to push the right buttons for guys almost, you know, kind of however he does. I think Brian Schmetzer is one of the guys who can Push the right buttons, right? Yeah. He'll, he'll, in a press conference, he'll make like a pointed critique of somebody. And you know that that just broke that person inside. Like you're like, yeah. oh, O'Brien Spencer just rolled somebody under a bus a little bit and backed up. But it was a soft bus, right? It was yeah. a soft bus, but he, but he yeah. did it. And he's like, I expect better <laughs> from him. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Some, somebody's in trouble now.
2: Yeah. He, he put the blinker on, let you know it was coming but he yes. still ran it over.
1: Yeah. 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 He's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the other names that has been popping up a lot, Diego Fagundes, which is uh, crazy. He's 25 years old and you're like, well, how long has <laughs> he been with new England? Cause it feels like it, it's been forever. Well, yeah, he's been with them for 10 seasons. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a long time to be there. Um, it's it, he's not coming back to new England. Um, there was no indication of whether or not New England would try to keep him either. It seems like that's not the case because he's he's on his way out. So Diego Fagundes, uh, you know, didn't play in either of New England's playoff games, which is which is sort of interesting. He didn't have a great year this year. This wasn't he was uh, started nine of nineteen games for the Revs this season, um, and he's out of contract now. So that's where you're at with Diego Fagundes. But that's somebody who's going to be probably somebody will be willing to take a. A large money chance on Diego Fagundes to put him in their midfield um, is is my guess. So just again, just names were sort of thrown around out there. It doesn't mean anything. We talked about Kai Kamara um, being available uh, no longer with Minnesota. Kai Kamara trying to play with every Major League Soccer team at least once before uh, he quits. So uh, he retires apparently. Yeah, uh, that that's a name <laughs> that's out there as well.
2: And the 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 point that I made with Kai Kamara is also it would be a little bit. Uh, of a homecoming, you know, he did play at Cal State Dominguez Hills, uh, kind of a local local boy in that regard. So I think I think that is something that uh you know it, it check off the box. I think he, he's probably going to try to play it for every team before he retires. So why not make a stop at the Galaxy? I think given our our striker situation, having depth at that position uh, isn't a bad thing. It's it's only going to come. To a matter of price. If he's an expensive bench option, then obviously you don't want to uh, waste that money there. But but given our current striker situation, that's not a bad backup to have. And then to circle back uh, to Diego Fagundes, I think if you look at the options that the Galaxy declined or that are negotiating, you look at uh, you know Kitchen and Corona, if you swap out Kitchen and Corona and bring in Fagunas, I think that's an upgrade when you give in, give his age and uh what he's been able to produce in the league. I think he's definitely a player. If you're looking at the salaries that you were paying, uh Joe Corona and Perry Kitchen and offered that uh, you know, that level of a salary to him and and he was if that's the where he's at, I'd have to look at what what his salary would be. It, it's that seems like an upgrade to me.
1: Yeah, it, it could be. Um, again, there's. It seems like there's some MLS talent out there. We talked about Matt uh, Beazler before we started the show, but he's out at Sporting Kansas City as well. He had, I think, had some injury concerns and some some other things that have sort of kept him, uh, you know, away from being probably the best version of himself at SKC. But you know, Peter Vermees doesn't hesitate to pull the trigger on uh, on on stuff like this and be like, "We'll find somebody else. It's fine. Uh, we'll we'll be fine." Peter Vermees is if between os if, if you could give me any current mls manager at the la galaxy peter Vermese and um and why can't I? I just had his name in orlando oscar Perea. oscar breha thank you Poppy. um yeah uh it, it, either oscar Perea or peter Vermees would probably be um be that that thing so
2: yeah
1: um yeah that would that was would be the two guys i would probably go for right now uh if you said i could have anybody in major league soccer <laughs>
2: Yeah. Is Greg Vanny not qualified because he's technically out of a team?
1: He's out of a team right now. Yeah. Uh, he just, yeah. Enough. I mean, and, but if, if and Bruce arena, yeah, Bruce, Bruce has, I love Bruce, <laughs> but if I'm going somewhere new, right. You, you, I
2: mean, you, you want to get that new car smell, something different.
1: I did. It's like, it's like I dated Bruce and it was amazing <laughs> and it was everything that I wanted it to be. Um, but you know, it served its purpose at this point and, and it set me up for the rest of my life. Right. Bruce is going to make it so why I marry another MLS coach learned, down the line. I learned um, to love, I learned, to, he, he taught me how to love. <laughs> that's really, really what, what it was um with, with Bruce Arena. So uh yeah, so that's it. So Matt, Matt Biesler is out there as well. Talking about defensive guy, um a guy you'd probably have to pet, spend a good amount of money on. Yeah, um,
2: That's why I'm not crazy about that one. I think, I think the price that you'd have to pay and the production, I don't, I, I don't see those injury concerns getting better with his age and how long he's been around
1: yeah it's it, it's interesting to, to to watch these names come forward and we're starting to get a you know a, a more full picture of, of what that looks like as we keep going down with teams announcing all that stuff so uh, the final thing I want to get to and we have about six minutes to do it um, which is good because I do not want to spend a whole bunch of time on this because this is one of those circle things to talk about and you could talk about it for another couple hours and to me it matters not. Um, but MLS rela- launched its 25 greatest, uh, presented by at and got to get that at and plug in there, um, honoring the 25 <laughs> brightest stars in league history uh, as part of the continued celebration of its 25th season, which was a giant debacle, uh, a special panel of nearly 200 MLS experts. I was not included I, was say, uh,
2: from, I, I don't remember getting that text so yeah
1: yeah i was i was gonna say an mls expert I'm, i was looking at my business card it does say that um no actually it says LA like, galaxy expert i would never pretend to be an mls expert i cannot pay attention to most of the stuff that goes around the league in, in other teams but um uh mls experts from across north america was brought together to select the 25 players who achieved the most on the field Advance the league off the field and help lay the foundation and set the course for MLS's next 25 years. I really, really don't want to get into the, these people got snubbed because this is a fake list. Anyway, that's why I'm here. Really? (laughs) Really? Who? So, so six LA galaxy players were named on this list and rightfully so. Uh, There probably could have been another one. You could argue that Zlatan could have also been on this list. He was not, but you could argue that he bossed around the league uh, for two years, smacked him across the face, um, dragged you know dragged a whole bunch of people through the mud, uh, yeah. and came out on the other side and, and made MLS this this world. You had to pay attention to MLS was up. Yeah. You could argue that he did that, and he should be the seventh person on this yeah. list.
2: that that, that's my argument. That's, uh, that's the biggest omission to me is when you look at it and you think advancement of the league on the field production. Uh, when I looked at the website and I saw how they were denoting these players, it then snapped into focus as to why he wasn't selected. It looked like they really valued a a long resume and silverware. And I think they weren't going to put Zlatan LA galaxy 2018 to 2019, uh, you know, uh, a buttload of goals. That was yeah, it. But, you know, a they, they, of goals, they, yes. they, they were having you know all MLS teams and all stars and uh, you know a league MVPs. Those are the things that they kind of overvalued. And the example that I gave is you know Jeff Agus was one of the first names on that list. Did, did Zlatan do more for the league than Jeff Agus? Yeah, I, th- I think he did. I think he advanced the league and he was probably more productive on the field. And if you were to choose a player, you'd pick Zlatan over Jeff Agus all day. But Jeff Agus was around the league forever, Uh, one of the originals, and he just has that lengthy resume. And so he's the type of player that's going to end up on the list. So it made sense with who they went. I think Zlatan was a bit of a snub, but given the direction of the players that they added, it makes sense to what they were going for. The only question mark would be Joseph Martinez doesn't necessarily meet that years of service thing. I think you know the MLS Cup played in his favor, but when you talk about goals scored...
1: Yeah, Atlanta is the best team ever in the history of the league. Don't you remember <laughs> yeah. that was the that was the that theory was the two two or three years ago? That was yeah. that was what it was. This year this year it was LAFC who was yeah. the best team ever in the history yeah. of the
2: league. Yes. That didn't work out too well either. But but no. basically Zlatan broke his goal scoring record the following year. So if yeah. you're gonna put him on there, Zlatan has an argument as well. So uh so that, that that's the only one I have issue with. But other than that, Caesar C- MLS. Cienfuegos C- Cien Cien
1: fish. You know Carlos I, Ruiz. I heard I he think, was complaining on Instagram. I saw that. Uh, I think Cienfuegos
2: has more of an argument than than Carlos Ruiz. Uh, and and I'm not going to speak ill of the man. But Robin Fraser. It's nice to see him on the list. But I think if if you put Cienfuegos and Robin Frazier back to back, and maybe I'll get get you know uh, you know I'll be threatened by by our friend Chris Tucker there because I know he right. loves him some Robin Fraser. Uh, but I think Cienfuegos, maybe that's who I'd swap out uh, if you were to take out a Galaxy Legend. But uh, just the fact that there's six players representing the galaxy, uh, the most out of any club, you know, Kevin Hartman, David Beckham, Landon Donovan, Robbie Keene, uh, Robin Frazier, Kobe Jones. Th- that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good to, to have on the all time 25. And so I'm not going to be too upset at it.
1: But I'd love how we buried the lead on that. Didn't get to the list of players until the very end of the conversation, by the way, here are the players <laughs> that made it. And now, now you can listen to our arguments about who got snubbed. Um, just play it backwards. Just change that. We'll fix it in <laughs> post. I'm sure that's yes. what we'll
2: do. Yeah. We'll Edit do all- it, rearrange it slap a sticker on it and we're good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean again, Aaron is I, I somehow I think Aaron and I are related sometimes because he says the things that are going to come out of my mouth. Like I know that I was going to say this. They they left Christian Wilhelmson off. That was oh. my that was my good one. And <laughs> got, and he said it and and so again, um I'm going to pay, I have to pay him like royalties eventually or something like that. It's getting And
2: I did see in the chat that Joao Pedro was also snubbed. Snubbed. So. That was a snub. Yeah, I mean, there's no snub.
1: Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy who put the LA Galaxy and MLS on the map. On the map. It was Joel Pedro. Yeah, absolutely. Like
2: that like, was go, you want to go through the list?
1: What, of all 25? <laughs> Does anybody care at this point? Anyone you really want to listen
2: to that? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, if I no, I would think good. that that for our audience, the six LA Galaxy players were the ones that they wanted to talk about, and then we wanted to talk about the LA Galaxy players that got snubbed. Do they care about anybody else who's on that list? I mean, no. No. No, they, they, I don't care. They don't care. Dwayne De Rosario did not make the list. I think, which was no, one he of the snubs. Is he on the list? I thought yeah. somebody said he wasn't on the list.
2: Well, they uh, lied to you. He's there. Ahead. I'm looking right at him.
1: Give, give, give us the list.
2: <laughs> People don't want to hear that. Okay, Clint Dempsey, David Beckham, Bradley Wright Phillips, Diego Valeri, Carlos Bocanegra, Dwayne De Rosario, Robin Fraser, Kobe Jones, Chad Marshall, Tony Miola, Eddie Pope, Kevin Hartman, Nick Romando, Steve Ralston, Chris Wondolowski. Preki, Jaime Moreno, Marco Echeverry, Sebastian Giovinco, Jeff Agus, Kyle Beckerman, Robbie Keane, Joseph Martinez, Landon Donovan, and Carlos Valderrama.
1: Chad Marshall made that list.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. I, I'd maybe swap swap him out as well.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe for Omar Gonzalez for maybe. Todd
2: Dunavant
1: for, for, with Todd Dunavant. That's a great idea. I mean, talk about a guy who won six MLS cups. Yeah. T- was the quietest left back in major league soccer. Just went around, did his job just every year, just winning championships, getting teams to the yeah. playoffs, doing his thing. Um, yeah. But again, too quiet. That's why yeah, too quiet. I like, I like
2: not I like, like, like Chad
1: Marshall. World. Who's just so loud all the time. All you hear about is Chad Marshall, Chad Marshall, Chad Marshall.
2: Fun fact. I ran into tra- Chad Marshall and Thomas Rongen. At an airport in 2002, on yes. my way to Portugal, yes, highlighted my life. That's <laughs> and they they all they at that time Bobby Convy was on the plane. They all made fun of him. It was a really interesting because like no one knows these guys, but of course being tuned into MLS, I was like the one guy who recognized these people. So it was kind of funny.
1: That's a, Hey, that's a story that I had not heard before. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Um, I think that's it for now. That's sort of all the stuff that we've gathered. We've gone sideways enough on this podcast that I think everybody has been fully entertained. And if not, well, then they waste an hour of their life. I don't know what to really tell them. Um, so hopefully that worked out for everybody. We're going to have more. Um, should still have a Monday night show. We're getting to the holidays. I'm not going to obviously do a whole bunch of stuff through the holidays. We are expecting that uh, the LA Galaxy are going to make a a coaching announcement. I would figure after the first of the year, it's coming after the first of the year. So don't expect it right now. Um, I don't think they need to make it right now. I haven't heard any buzz and it's been pretty quiet. Do I need to check in with the LA Galaxy? Yes, I do. I need to find out where everything is. I need to talk to some people. So I will be doing that over the next week, week and a half, and we'll see uh, where we're at and, and do that. Uh, let's see. Anything else, Eric? We good?
2: No, my prediction, I think it'll be a Christmas, late Christmas present after Christmas. That's when we'll find out between Christmas and New Year's.
1: Nothing good can come out of 2020. um, So why not wait wait until 2021, right? That makes some sense. All right, good. (laughs) Um, Why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll get on out of here.
2: All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at HammerEV. You could also find me on Instagram at GalaxyProfile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. And I want to give a little shout out to Liga G once again. Maybe you haven't heard me talk about it, but Liga G is having their final on Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. And it's going to be streamed on the LA Galaxy Twitch channel. So that's twitch.tv backslash la galaxy that's going to be there's going to be some broadcast commentary uh, from some of our independent content creators and then it's going to be a fun little spectacle as my beloved cosmo sc take on walnut park sc on the la galaxy twitch channel so go ahead and check that out big shout out for
1: so exciting all right if you're looking for me on twitter it's at jay gessling J-G-U-E-S, and man and of course at galaxy podcast uh head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our stuff that's out there, all of our articles, all that fun stuff is right there waiting for you. So cornerofthegalaxy.com. Again, expecting a Monday show, maybe a Thursday show. We'll see how everything sort of pans out as we head into this next week. Uh, just sort of uh, hang out with us and we'll, we'll keep you updated as best we can. All right. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com.